right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Right Side with Doug Billings. We've got Chris Ann Hall with us again today. It's our second time together here on The Right Side. And uh, Chris Ann, thank you again for your time and being with us here on The Right Side. It is my pleasure. I am praying for this show that you you see abundance of, of new listeners and that your message is uninhibited by the censors. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, thank you for your prayers. We need them. We're trying to get some legs on this show and, and run with it, but we appreciate you being on it because that helps uh, to that end. It helps us to, to get folks to, to listen in. So we appreciate you ta- your time and, and your expertise. Now, before we, we came on air, you and I were chatting and I've got to just tell everybody, Chris Ann, you and your husband were, are the Southwest Airlines ruckus causers. You're the ones that got <laughs> booted off or threatened to be booted off the plane because your husband was, he dared to lower his mask to take a sip of a drink or a, a Well, no, of- it wasn't, it wasn't actually my husband. It was our, it was our business colleague at the oh, time. Okay. His name's right. Philip. Uh, it was Philip. Philip was actually, uh, Philip <laughs> sparked the ire of a particular uh, flight attendant, uh, a young Hispanic man, when he boarded the plane with his black voices for Trump hat and his Trump 2020 Uh, mask. So it was really all about the mask, all about the hat, all about the message, uh, because frankly, there wasn't enough time to do any to be about anything else, you know, and then they completely spun out the story and fabricated events that simply did not exist, which frankly didn't even have time to exist because we had not even left the gate when they called the supervisor to come and take Philip off the plane. Oh so it's it's just crazy. There were only two interactions with the flight attendants before the supervisor came back. We were actually pulling away from the gate. They came back to the gate and the supervisor was waiting there for him. So they called the supervisor before any of this had ever happened. It was just crazy. You know, this this is why... 58 or 59, 60% of people that are in the Trump camp don't put up signs in their yards and don't put bumper yeah. stickers on their cars because they'll be targeted, Chris Ann. Yeah. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. Well, not knowing that that was you when I first saw that video that has now just gone <laughs> worldwide viral, I had, I had commented on Twitter, and I know that your Twitter account has been suspended. You know, yes. surprise of surprises that the censorship king Twitter has suspended your account, but... I made a comment to tag the CEO of Southwest and say, mm-hmm. what is, what, you know, I fly Southwest. I think everybody, at least at one time or another, has flown Southwest. And it's, I, what is up with this, you know, Mr. CEO? And uh, so we, we helped to spread the video. But gosh, until just 10 minutes ago, I had no idea that was you. Wow. Well, we have been flying Southwest exclusively for 10 years because of the customer service that we received. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I personally have all of the Southwest perks that are available to any customer at any level mm-hmm. because we fly so much and we fly exclusively Southwest. And so the change in the behavior of their flight attendants over the last six months has been very shocking to us. Uh, I mean, this is not the first time, this is the first time we've, we've been associated or even seen somebody removed from a flight 
but this is not our first experience with the the change in customer service attitude of the Southwest flight attendants. Well, well now, has their attitude, is this the first time that Philip or anybody else in your crew and on your team has worn, you know, that kind of a hat or that kind of a mask? How, yeah, that, what, well, we are, we are primarily nonpartisan. You know, my sure, the tagline sure. for my podcast is Liberty Over Security, principle over party and truth over personality. So we don't, we don't endorse, I personally do not endorse candidates as a matter of policy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Philip, the people who travel with us, the people who work with us, I'm not going to silence their speech. They do whatever they want. They represent themselves. And so Philip was the first person to travel with us to actually, you know, have Trump gear. And so this is the first time we saw that happen. Now, I do, I do want to mention that my husband has a whole new attitude on endorsement at this point. And he has, <laughs> he went out and bought his Trump gear and uh, <laughs> flew home. When we had to fly home on Southwest, he had a big red hoodie that said right on the chest, uh, keep America great, and was enjoying every triggered look that he received. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, Trump deranged sy- uh, syndrome is a real phenomenon, that's for yes. sure. Yes. Well, so, Chrisanne, wow. It's I mean, sad. what? It's so sad. What? <laughs> what uh what an adventure i it, it's so much more and again it's 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 funny on one level but really not it's I, a huge inconvenience but that was you and i'm just <laughs> going once you know the person you know in this viral video you go wow unbelievable well <laughs> hopefully uh southwest will we'll make sure that when we put this video out we say a few words kind words to southwest and and they correct their mistake because what you said is they're not in their statements they're not being truthful about what happened. Right. And, and, you know, we were actually, we've done a, Philip and I've done a couple of interviews and people asked us, are you ready to sue? And, and we, first and foremost, we did not, the whole rhetoric out there is that we set this up. Come on now. I fly, I don't know how many times a week, right? Since this stuff, so well, since Trump started running for president Mm -hmm. and we've never done anything. So the idea that we set this up is completely ludicrous to begin with. And secondly, we've been asked, are you, you know, are you going to sue? We, we have no intentions of suing. We just want Southwest to admit their error, to actually apologize for the humiliation that they, uh, that they served upon Philip for the political message. I want Southwest to say, this is not a reflection of our customer service. Our employee was out of line. We don't need any money. We just need to know that Southwest still stands by the customer service that has made them the airlines that they are supposed to be. Wow. Well, um, I mean, it's just, it, it leaves you dumbfounded and speechless on so many levels. And I, I yeah. hope that all gets worked out and um, yeah. for the better. If they just do the right thing, I think it'll, it'll turn out. So, so we, I had just a few topics and I know time very limited today. So whereas we could spend an easy hour on any of these things, <laughs> let me just go down the bullet list real quick. Right, get, right, right. Get the Chris Ann Hall take on these things. And um, we're going to start with the Amy Coney Barrett nominee. I know that, you know, I watched your show about when you were running through some of the judges that may be up for consideration and you gave your analysis from the constitutional mm-hmm. attorney perspective on how they might rule and so forth. I think clearly the country um, is now, you know, in fa- the majority of the country is in favor of this brilliant woman. But 
you know, I, having watched your show, I know she wasn't your first choice. So how do you think this is all coming down? What was your overall impression with her? And uh, where, how do you think she'll rule from the bench once she's there? Now, let me just initially say this. What I'm about to say is irrespective of how I believe she will, she will okay. uh, hold okay. as she's sitting on the bench. I believe that she handled herself very well during these hearings, the best that I have seen so far. She handled herself better than Gorsuch and Kavanaugh combined. I was very, very impressed with her demeanor, very impressed with the acuity of her answers. Uh, The woman is absolutely brilliant. Now, I don't think you can be a successful attorney slash judge and raise seven children at the same time and be someone who is not quick on their feet. So she is absolutely brilliant. I Mm -hmm. think that uh, that is, that is without question and at least should be without question at this point. What irritates me is the fact that the same ideal ideologues who are running around America saying we need to empower women, we need bold and brave and intelligent women in the forefront, we need to lift up women in America, are the same ones who are running around trying to tear her down uh, simply because they don't like how she believes in her faith. And and it's, it's just absolutely disgusting i can't even think of a better word for that disgusting the way these ideologues let their bias and their prejudice lead them and demand that they tear down a woman who should be an absolute role model for american young girls and women across america yeah and men i mean i think she i mean she's brilliant on all levels and across all genders i think that uh you know, just watching her, and I'm not the first one to comment on the fact that she never took a single note. She recounted all of these rulings and cases from years mm-hmm. and decades and, uh, and could comment intelligently on all of them. Um, you know, and the whole, I mean, I understand the left, the frustration that they have. You know, President mm-hmm. Trump has had three nominees to the Supreme Court. I don't think it's ever happened before. Uh, and he could, if he wins, he could potentially get two more on the bench, couldn't he? I mean, depending on, you know, Breyer is certainly not going to be around. Yeah. For, for yeah, much definitely, longer. Breyer. I would love to see Roberts retire. <laughs> so that would that we would all. Roberts would. Roberts leaving the court would be a greater victory for the Constitution than Breyer leaving the court. Really? Oh, absolutely. Because we know who Breyer is. We expect mm-hmm. him to hold as he does Mm -hmm. it's roberts that is the wolf in sheep's clothing it's roberts who pretends to be something that he is not and it's and it's to the unsuspecting people because most people now people who do their research people who have who who watch and who understand the constitution as i do know that roberts has never been a conservative justice he's never been a constitutional justice Hmm. so when when i speak of conservative and constitutional conservative is a step below constitution right because conservative depends on ideology and you can be a conservative statist uh, as well as a liberal statist, which is contrary to the Constitution to begin with, yep, right? right? So if you review Roberts and his opinions throughout his career, Roberts at best is occasionally conservative, uh, hardly ever, if ever, constitutional. I think he's actually constitutional by accident. 
when it fits whosoever ideology is pushing Robert's buttons. You see, I know that Robert know, Roberts knows the right thing. He proved that to us in his opinion, his Affordable Care Act opinion. Not that he actually gave the proper opinion in the Affordable Care Act opinion, but that he inserted the proper perspective. And most people don't know this because the media did not highlight this. But in the Affordable Care Act opinion, where Roberts wrote the majority opinion, he said specifically... And I use this in my classes all the time. People are shocked because not even the quote-unquote conservatives are pointing this out. Roberts spoke to the states reaffirming the fact that they have a right and a duty to refuse to enforce the National Health Care Act. He said they are separate and independent sovereigns and they have to act like it. So Roberts knows the right thing. But whomever is pulling his strings um, yeah. Yeah. doesn't let him do that. Right. Okay. So that's the Supreme Court. We got limited time today. So let me just segue into a, a different topic, censorship and big tech. You have been personally affected on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Your account has been suspended. Of course, now the big news of the day, the Hunter Biden emails, his laptop, et cetera, Google um, being sued by, I think, 11 states attorney generals. Um, mm-hmm. But my thing my question to you, Chrisanne, you know, we, the censorship of Biden and the, and the way that these companies are, the, the big tech companies are censoring, um, they are in effect, aren't they? And I want your legal opinion. Aren't they in effect giving in-kind donations to the Biden campaign by suppressing information and bolstering his campaign? I mean, I mean it's ap- beyond just the frustration of the censorship. Mm-hmm. I mean, the DOJ suing? I don't think it's the DOJ's fault or, or purpose. Where's the where's the the FEC in all of this? You know, it's interesting that you say that because my my podcast yesterday, uh, episode eleven ninety eight, I spent thirty minutes actually talking about this particular thing, and it's really refreshing to see you and to hear you talk about it from this way as well. And that's exactly what I call for on my podcast yesterday. We need FEC investigations. We have USA Today that has come out and openly endorsed Joe Biden. Now, you can't claim to be a member of the press, of the free press, and then give an entire colored paged article (laughs) on a candidate, not only just a... An expose, but saying we actively endorse this candidate, we actively in, we actively uh, encourage you to not vote for Trump, and then claim to be a member of the free press. At that point, you've become a political pack, mm-hmm. and so right. in yep. that, just like you said, they are giving donation to the Biden campaign. And if it were anybody else besides the media, there'd be FEC all over this saying, well, what's the value of this? Because the FEC has campaign donation uh, ceilings and thresholds that the average Joe can't avoid. But then the press will try to use the, you know, have their uh, eat their cake and have it, too, and say, "Okay, we're press. We're exempt from FEC investigation, but we're going to use our time, our money, the equivalent of thousands of dollars. If you tried to purchase the spread that USA Today voluntarily gave to Joe Biden, it would cost you thousands of dollars. 
And under normal circumstances, if someone actually purchased that spread in USA Today, then the FEC would, they would have to claim, Biden campaign would have to claim that as a donation. The people who bought that would have to claim that as a donation. And yet here we have the USA Today hiding under the false shield of freedom of the press when they're not acting at that. Good. Now, would it be different if their editorial board had endorsed? Because we see, you know, editorial boards speak in favor or disfavor of candidates from time to time. What's the key difference here, Chris? I'm truly, I'm perplexed by it. There is no difference. There is no difference. There is no difference. We just choose, the government chooses to hide, uh, to to turn, avert their eyes because they don't want to deal with the issue of press and publisher and platform and all this other craziness that they created when they stepped outside the constitution to define all those things to begin with. I mean, that's another thing that I addressed on episode 1198 yesterday is this whole confusion created by the government defining publisher, platform, press, news, when they're not even allowed to do that by constitution. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I am clearly not a constitutional attorney like you are, but it is, I'm listening to you. It dawns on me that why in the world is the DOJ, the, the executive branch has no authority here. It should be a state issue. Am I, am I right? It I mean, should be a state issue, but we've allowed the federal government to leave the confines of their constitutional delegated power to create antitrust laws, to create the Consumer Protection Acts, to create the, uh, the what is it called, the... Um, and it's just left my mind. I hate when that happens. <laughs> These things that should be just like that to me, right? All uh-huh. of a sudden, because I'm sitting here talking about it, you know, you have the I get it. Uh, idea of decency, of the, the, the Decency Act. You know, these are yeah. all not delegated powers to the federal government to which they have no jurisdiction. But because we have, we have usurped stolen power from the states on the federal level, people now habitually run to the federal government rather than to their state's attorneys general. And why is, why is President Trump mentioning what I think he calls, and I made a note here, Section 230? Is that, do I have that right? Is, yeah, is that's that, the Decency it, Act that I was talking Act. about. Yeah. This is something yeah. that I specifically okay. talk about in 1198 from yesterday's show. Okay. It's, it's, it's rather ironic that they want to use that section to go after them when in reality, Section 1 is what they're quoting. Section 2 actually creates the protection. Good so grief. by definition, section two of uh, subsection two actually creates. So you have you have 230C1. Well, 230C2 is what creates the exception and shields these entities, platform, whatever, from civil lawsuits. Uh-huh. If we didn't have the federal government shielding people from civil lawsuits, then the market itself would be a check and balance. The people would be able to, to engage in the civil law procedure checks and balances. And unfortunately, that's just not possible anymore because number one, and this is something that we need to understand, Google, YouTube, Facebook would not have the, the th- power that they have if the government hadn't funded them initially with grant money to give them a leg up above their competitors. Right. Number yeah. two, then you have the Decency Act, which shields them from civil lawsuit, setting them aside from the entire market procedure. I got it. Yeah. Wow. So it, 
you know, and I, we're, we're going to say so long here pretty quickly. I know you've got another appointment mm-hmm. coming up soon. It's, you know, censorship, in my view, I, I view this bloodied, hatcheted up story of Biden's, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop and the censorship that surrounds it as a way to give resurrection to the story in general. I don't think the censorship is going to protect Biden like the media thinks it is. I think that people are more interested in it now that it's been censored than they would have been perhaps if they had just let the public square and the public debate or the public debate within the public square happen. I, I, I don't think censorship is ever a winning proposition. And, um, and if, 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 if we let these big tech companies continue down the road unchecked and unbalanced, Chris Ann, I don't, I don't, there's not a lot of hope in that scenario. Well, I do agree with you in the Hunter Biden story. It, it, it sort of reflects back on Shakespeare, me thinks thus doth protest too much. So mm-hmm. I think what, what we're seeing now is a, a people, you know, I mean, we already have a society of people gravitating against this, this idea that government should have a, an immunity. You know, we have a, a, an organized offense against qualified immunity. People are sick and tired of those in power issuing rules and regulations they don't comply with themselves. And so had the, and, and, I, and I agree, had this Hunter Biden thing come into the forefront and people had dealt with it in the political or sorry, the, the court of public opinion, I think that it would have, it would have waxed and waned by now. But yeah. the fact that they keep trying to protect him, the fact that you, people are now starting to see him as the, the quote-unquote aristocracy who is now above the law, avoiding the consequences that the average person would be and is subject to, uh, is really going to hurt them in yeah. the long run. Well, you're, you're kind to him. I've referred to him as the king of the swamp and the crown prince of corruption. So you're being more kind in your, I think, I think Biden in that, in that whole, it, it's, uh, it just reeks of the, you know, the, the, the cronyism of lifelong political, you know, p- politicians. So at any rate, listen, uh, I know you've, I've got to, you've got to run. I appreciate as always your Thank time. You. I know you're at chrisannhall.com and you're on Facebook. Uh, Any place else we can find you and our viewers might be able to look you up. Absolutely. You know, on any platform, you can find me under my name, Chris Hall, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L. We are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Parler, and LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, those are the platforms that we are on right now. You know, that's always subject to change with the censorship the way it is. But right, right now, that's where we yeah. are. And if you want to watch the, the original uncut version <laughs> of the YouTube, <laughs> of the Southwest fiasco, that yeah. is actually on my YouTube channel. Okay, good. We'll, we'll head over there and take a look at it. Um, Chris Ann Hall, ladies and gentlemen, constitution, constitutional attorney and expert on all things constitution. We, uh, we appreciate your time, Chris Ann. It helps our Thank show uh, get the legs underneath it that we want. And we appreciate you taking time to be with us today on the right side. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. So long. Mm-hmm.